Welcome everyone to another episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast and like Antonio Giovinazzi saying goodbye to all of his fellow friends and co-workers, we're ready to roll on out of here. Ian, uh, we had a great weekend. Uh, so much had been going on, on and off the track. Um, probably one of the craziest race, uh, probably one of the craziest race weekends of the year. Uh, what were your thoughts before we really start diving into the details? Yeah, I mean, for all of us, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't call myself a Lewis hater, but maybe a Lewis critic. Really kind of hard to to deny that this guy is uh, is probably the best that's ever uh, that's ever been behind a race car. Just an absolute masterclass of a weekend, and and yeah, man, it's just like we like we say almost every single podcast. It's it's just heating up more and more. I also sound like I've been smoking thirty packs a day. Uh, that's because we were uh, we were getting up to some mischief this past weekend. So. Um, yeah, uh, sorry in advance for that, for the audio quality and for the quality of my voice, baby. But we're here podcasting. We're but the best. We are here. Uh, yeah, and nothing's going to stop us from, from getting in on these podcasts and talking about our podcast in episode 40, talking about our sectors that we're going to cover. Obviously, after every race, we have our good, bad, and ugly. Then we have our race recap and then our race predictions recap. So short and sweet, uh, ready to go and get it. Ian, do you want to start us off with our good, bad, and ugly? So my good for this past weekend is going to be Team Radio as a whole. So it seems like the teams are really letting the triple header get to them. Um, Max had a saucy little comment when he was told that he had a, a black and white flag, kind of a warning flag. He was like, all right, tell them I said hi. Uh, like, at, uh, Tell Race Control I said hi. Um, Lewis's engine here was teasing uh, kind of Max in an indirect way by telling Lewis not to touch any of the cars on his way out um, after Max had that little incident where he put his hand uh, on a very ex- made a very expensive mistake by putting his hand on the rear wing of Lewis's car just to kind of check out why he was so much faster uh, and then finally to cap it all off Vettel was jokingly saying that um, he was going to touch the Mercedes rear wing and his engineer told him no so he was like well jokingly said maybe i'll just touch the front wing and maybe they'll let me off with like a twenty-five thousand dollar euro or twenty-five thousand euro fine but yeah overall good team radio my bad is going to be carlando relationship so carlos signs gave lando norris a rear puncture on the first lap he kind of claimed there was nothing he could do about it but when you were watching the replay back it was pretty obvious that he had room on the other side of lando so yeah and and you know even to go along with that bad bonus points that you know, these are the two teams that were basically tied two weeks ago, and now it looks like it's going to really take a miracle for McLaren to really even pull close. So that'll be my bad and my ugly. Stop me if you've heard me say this before, but Yuki Sonoda, my God, what a bad weekend for him. What an ugly weekend for him. Um, you know, picked up a penalty. Picked up some damage on his car when he was trying to pass Lance Stroll and was absolutely roasted um, by accident, basically, by Esteban Ocon. So Ocon, tallest guy on the grid, was getting interviewed post-race right after Yuki, who's by far the shortest guy on the grid. Um, Yuki obviously having the microphone at his height. Esteban had to squat down to the point where he looked like he may have been like pooping, like relieving himself after post-race, after a race suit. Um, and, And so, yeah, that... You know, I think that in and of itself was enough to have a bad weekend. And now we roll on to Tuesday. Add on to that that all the APAC, like Asian Pacific Islander countries, um, they have a new driver, new shiny toy to get really great, you know, big time hyped up about. Just kind of seems like a bigger and better Yuki is coming along. So yeah, tough weekend all around for Yuki there. And that's my uh, that's my that's my GBU, my good bad ugly for the oh, weekend. Very nice. Yeah, that's great. Uh, moving on to my good bad and ugly. 
My good is birthdays. So after a fun-filled weekend, what better way to celebrate with a birthday? Christian Horner's birthday is actually this Tuesday. And, you know, thinking about, hey, what would be good for Christian Horner in a birthday present? Toto and Mercedes team were working on one for him for quite some time. It turned out to be an official review for Max pushing himself and Lewis off the track on Sunday. Uh, I really hope he enjoys it. Him and Helmet, I think, deserve it more than anyone after hearing this fiasco on Silverstone and Helmet basically saying that Lewis tried to murder Max. And then, you know, you have a very Jesus. similar move. Uh, and, you know, they say, hey, like, these are these guys are just racing, you know? And it's just, you know, the, the hypocritical stuff that I, I feel like we go in and out, both a little bit of Mercedes, but I would say more on Red Bull. Maybe I'm a little biased, but uh, yeah, I, I hope that uh, there's a little bit of reprimand, a little bit bit of, you know, how can you celebrate a great birthday after getting a, a nice review after that? And potentially, uh, I, you know, for me, I think that uh, there's something to, to say about that. So uh, we'll find out uh, what happens from that. My bad is going to be Italian hate. Poor Antonio Giovinazzi has officially been removed from his seat at Alfa Romeo for the 2022 season. As an Italian myself, I am absolutely disgusted with a move Alfa Romeo has made. But just like Jesus and a phoenix, once there is death, there is life again. And he has already <laughs> obtained a spot in Formula E. So thank you that we're going to actually be able to keep up. And I think this might be the best way for me to get into Formula E is to have someone that you know I know have some like support for and be able to start watching that. And just like we've been saying the last couple, I think we said it about a month ago, Formula E has been uh, picking up in uh, popularity. So I might be on that train as well. Might spin off and do maybe a Formula E podcast while I'm at it. Hey, what do we got to do? You know, it's not like I have a job. <laughs> and then my ugly is going to be McLaren's finish game. It looks like they might have had some whiskey dick these past two months because they are soft, <laughs> sad, and very embarrassed. It's great to st- Still see that we have like a one-two battle, a five-six battle, but uh, Ferrari is back on the map, making strides back to their old glory. There was a time where I thought like maybe it was going to make it. Uh, there was a time where I thought maybe it was like time to make a change to Mattia, uh, and he needed to go. But thank goodness they didn't listen to me. Uh, they have a strong, strong car clearly, and and a pair of awesome drivers. So it seems like they're set for the long haul. Um, but on the other side of things, McLaren, I think, has to start getting back to the drawing board a little bit. So those are my good, bad, and uglies as well. I love that. Man, that's a pretty convincing one. I liked it. Made me chuckle with some of those. Yeah, um, <laughs> dude, do what I can. Sorry that you're feeling so much oppression as an Italian. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, there's not like any really Italians that I know of that are kind of in the pipeline, potentially going to make their way up to Formula One. So... Uh, I don't know, man. It's, I guess I just got I got Ferrari to you know the actual constructor to look forward to. But yeah, as a, as a driver, yeah, um, it, we're pretty down on our luck, I would say. I mean, I know uh, an Italian stallion that I do a podcast with that would love a seat. So maybe you can make some calls and see if that can be a possibility. Apparently, all we need um, is th- all I need is thirty million dollars, and then I, I can get my own seat. <laughs> Pocket change, baby. Um, all right, let's move on to our race recap. We do have a lot to cover because of how eventful of a weekend it was. But before we do that, this part of the podcast is brought to you by the Jesus is Real Commission. You may have seen our billboards on rural Midwest and Southern highways reminding you of the fact that Jesus is, in fact, real. Well, for all of you ignorers of the truth, getting all excited about a new Chinese guy replacing Jesus... 
Uh, let's wait, I'll wait until at least Friday because if there's anything we've learned through our studies, you should wait at least three days before you count out Jesus for making a miraculous comeback. So we will see all you sinners on Friday and I'm hoping that is not something that's going to get me canceled. So let's move on to a race recap, <laughs> starting with uh, practice and qualifying. Um, yeah, man, this was this was Lewis's weekend through and through. Um, I don't think anybody had like a particularly awful practice or qualifying, um, but yeah, you know, especially during the qualifying for the sprint, Lewis was just far and away the faster car, faster driver. I think it was a 0.4 second gap um, from first to second, and that was the the biggest in a long time. So yeah, uh, so much so it raised flags. Obviously, that uh, maybe they were breaking the rules here with something. Max obviously went to go check it out to see it for himself and then got a little bit of a, uh, you know, a little bit of a fine, 50,000 euros, pocket change again. Uh, um, yeah, outside of that, it was pretty much what you'd expect. Mercedes, Red Bull fighting, Gasly kind of close behind them, Ferraris, McLarens, uh, you know, the, the typical pack we're used to seeing. And then uh, that was Friday, and, and then we went on to the sprint race on Saturday. Yeah, it definitely looked like Lewis had was you know a man with his braids on fire because yeah he was just he was on one and um, I mean I think Lando said it he was like you know to make this fair I think he needs to be driving on three wheels uh, so it was very apparent to the rest of the drivers too how big of a gap how much quicker he was which led to the sprint so uh, you know kind of more the same honestly. Valtteri actually got the best of Max, so he passed him, ended up getting pole for Sunday. Uh, that was a little bit of a surprise to me because I feel like usually, you know, Max gets the best of him for most of the part. Lewis, like we've been saying, dominated this too, going from P20 all the way up to P5 in, what, 23 laps. Knowing he had a, another five-place grid penalty, it was, you know, imperative that he did. Uh, and then Perez, you know, I think this is something that he's gotten criticism for uh, throughout all the sprint series. Is it seems like he kind of lays off the intensity for sprint. Uh, he, you know, ended up getting finishing behind Carlos, which, you know, with this battle and the constructors with how close it is, uh, it should be kind of a Mercedes Red Bull top four every single time. Unfortunate that, you know, uh, you know, he got some criticism for that uh, and just was saying, you know, it might not be ri- like worth the risk to go all out like that. I, I'd, I would say that most everyone else kind of has that say- has a different mentality on that. But nonetheless, uh, and then everything else kind of laid out similar to what we're expecting. Um, just like like you said, kind of gasly, I think maybe ended up seventh or eighth um, Ferraris right right behind the, the Ferraris up there. And then uh, McLaren's kind of following them. Yeah. No, and, and I get his like where he's coming from. I think when the in the earliest sprint race that they had, Perez did move down to P twenty, but uh but yeah, nothing nothing you like to see with somebody just kind of laying off. Um obviously every time you drive there's a bit of a risk that you might get into, you know, a shunt or you might spin or something like that, but can't really be looking at that as a way to, to kind of lay up. Um but yeah, so that was sprint qualifying. Uh, moving on to Sunday and talking about our f- top five constructors, we are still tied at the back of the gr- at the back of the top five, I guess, with AlphaTauri and Alpine. Let's talk about AlphaTauri first, since they're typically the since they're technically um, the challengers trying to uh, to unseat Alpine for that top five spot that they've held on to for several weeks. Um, so yeah, AlphaTauri, basically exactly what we're used to seeing out of them, Pierre pretty much outperforming his car. Um, he passed both Alpines in a pretty exciting last, I believe it was last 12 races, um, to go from uh, you know P9 to P8 to P7 um, and keep the score tied as far as points are concerned. So both are still at 112 points each. 
Um, Yuki, on the other hand, made kind of a too risky move on Stroll, got a penalty for it. He was still trying to blame Stroll even after pe the penalty was awarded, but I don't think anybody was really buying it. I think even the media members were like, well, don't you think it was a little bit risky to, to do what you did? And he's like, well, yeah, but he, you know, he wasn't looking. It's kind of all bullshit. So yeah, AlphaTauri and Alpine. I mean, now that McLaren and Ferrari aren't close anymore, AlphaTauri and Alpine are our second most exciting fight in Formula One for the Constructors title. So definitely don't think that that would have been a sentence coming out of my mouth, but here we are regardless. Um, and yeah, so they've obviously Pierre is breathing down the back of Alpine. So uh, yeah, P7 from Pierre, P15 from Yuki Tsunoda. And moving on to those better rivals of Alpine, as you said, tied for fifth with 112. Fernando Alonso ended up in ninth, Esteban Ocon in eighth. So that was actually their first double points finish since the Italian Grand Prix. I don't really notice them on the track. I don't know if this is just me saying this, uh, but yeah, I just feel like they kind of, they're there. They always finish kind of in near the top 10, um, you know, between that like 10 to 15 range is kind of like what we're used to seeing. But yeah, I mean, great for them. Obviously, um, you know, even with the double point finish, what is that? Three points that they, they were able to pull it together, four points maybe. Oscar Piastri replaced Danny Kvyat as their reserve driver after he loses out to Guan Yu Zhou for that Alfa Romeo seat. But as Ian said earlier, I mean, this keeps the championship alive for Alpine. Uh, Pierre is right behind him. I, I mean, in your opinion, what, what do we see? Who finishes in fifth? I think at the very last, you know, maybe last last race or last two races, I think we're going to see AlphaTauri pull away. I don't think it's really deniable that they just have a faster car. I think last time that we were out in Mexico, AlphaTauri was the third fastest car on the track. So, um, you know, they just need to get both of their drivers in a situation where they're scoring points and not one where one is scoring points and the other driver is, you know, getting into shunts and um, picking up damage that's going to affect the rest of his race. So, yeah, I, I think uh, if I had to put money on it, give me AlphaTauri finishing fifth, but I also had McLaren finishing third, which is not the case. So <laughs> what about yeah. you? No, no, I think I would agree. I mean, as of right now, I still think that like a two-driver two, two Alpine team would still lose to basically a one-driver one Pierre for AlphaTauri. I mean, if we can like maybe see Yuki pull out a point or two in the last three races, like help every way he can. But yeah, I mean, I, I would say that like Pierre is going to outscore both of them combined. Yeah. Speaking of uh, predictions, like I said, McLaren is now in fourth place. Man, tough weekend for them all around. Lando Norris finishing up P10. Danny Ricardo finishing up with a DNF that didn't necessarily matter because he wasn't going to be in the points anyway. I think the, one of the bigger stories here, like I mentioned, Lando got a pretty unlucky bump with Carlos. Uh, ruined his race early on. He had to pit lap one um, with a rear puncture. Lando, Mr. Consistent for the first part of the season, we always saw him up in the top, you know, I would say like top four, top five, has only scored 12 points in the last four races combined. So um, that's what's given, basically just open the door from a Ferrari standpoint uh, for them to just kind of walk right in and, and now they lead, um, let's see, by about 31 and a half points. Um, Danny, you know, same thing, only 10 points over the last uh, four races as well, and all 10 coming from Austin. So, yeah, it's tough, man. Three races out of the points of the last four, that's not going to hold a lead very well, especially when these Ferrari cars are looking faster and faster with the new power unit upgrades. But, um, I mean, what can we say? McLaren had a great year last year. ended up P3 in the Constructors. This year, I don't think they're going to be as fortunate. Um, I think... 
that were pretty convincing at the beginning of the year, but as the season winds down um, and we, you know, we get to the final last couple of races, I just don't really see them pulling this out like they did last year. So uh, I think they are going to have to. I mean, I'm a, I'm a McLaren fan and Marco's a Ferrari fan, so I think they are going to have to, similar to our race predictions, uh, just bow their head, kind of kind of take it from Ferrari, uh, which you can go ahead and talk about now, Marco. Don't sound too excited. Yeah, I mean, like, I appreciate you giving me this Ferrari, like, podium, the stands that I get to talk about, the my boys, um, Charles <laughs> Leclerc with P5, Carlos Sainz with P6. Like I said, like we keep saying, congratulations to Ferrari for unofficially, but basically officially winning third place in the Constructors' Championship. Um, They have clearly shown that they're the third best team for the second half of the year. And not even looking at the Constructors, but looking at the the Drivers' Championship as well, I'm going to go with Leclerc is going to be passing Lando for P5 as well. He's only three back from Lando. As we've said, you know, Lando's last four races have been... Not good, not trending the right way. You want to see Leclerc. I feel like both Ferraris end up in five six just about every single time now, and that's exactly what they need um, to you know maintain that that spot. Uh, I for me, I see Ferrari winning third. I see um, Leclerc winning fifth for the drivers. Um, I I would have to go back and see kind of where where Sainz falls in all in on all of this as well. But I mean, shoot, like he could be you know, maybe fighting for sixth. I, I don't know um, how close it is there, but uh, I mean, he's been, he's been driving ferociously as well. Yeah. He's, he's 12 points behind Lando. And I don't think it's crazy to think that, you know, with Lando's current form that that's, you know, too big of a gap. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going back to, going back to McLaren, actually for our, uh, yeah, going back to McLaren, Daniel Ricardo is really only 13 points ahead of Pierre Gasly. And if you're not scoring points, then Pierre's going to eat up that gap. So things are, are looking great uh, for McLaren, and things also are looking a little rough for Red Bull as well here. So Max, as always, gets threatened by Lewis and will do whatever it takes to keep him behind. He was weaving on the straight. Uh, He ran Lewis off track. There was no investigation, but with Mercedes' new uh, inquiry into like, hey, let's look at this again, um, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised if Max picks up another penalty there. So, um, yeah. The other thing that we saw was was Perez telling Max or telling his team, so hey, tell Max to give me DRS. Kind of funny line, just because he was getting hunted down by I think Lewis at the time, and yeah, asking Max to slow down was just kind of a pretty comical little like, hey, uh, I know, I know, we're, I know we're in this battle, but can can your top driver help me out a little bit? Uh, and then yeah, the you know the obviously Red Bull is about. Oh, and yeah, Red Bull as it stands now is 11 points behind Mercedes, but uh, Max had a surprisingly positive attitude at the end of the race, still seems pretty calm um, for the championship. He's 12 points ahead there, so uh, yeah, I'm not sure if this is just a Oscar-worthy acting show that we're seeing right now, or if he's like, you know, we, you know, they can be fast with the new the new power unit or new ICE, um, but uh, but let's let's see how they do the rest of the races. So yeah, can we? Why don't we get? I mean, you asked me about AlphaTauri Alpine. Let me ask you about Mercedes and Red Bull here. 11, 11 points behind uh, currently. Red Bull is so give me give me who wins the Mercedes. <laughs> give me who wins the Mercedes. Give me who wins the championship and by how much. I'm gonna go with Mercedes. I feel like there's just gonna be kind of too much back and forth. Uh, over the next three races to uh, have Red Bull kind of make up that 11-point gap. 
I'm going to say it's going to be around what it is now. I'm going to guess like 8 to 10 that Mercedes wins by. Um, whether it be, you know, Prez kind of str- have it, having his struggles here and there. If it's, you know, Lewis, you know, pulling off another first place or wins two of the last three, uh, we'll see. But, yeah, I think it's going to end up kind of what we're seeing as as is right now. Yeah, I would agree, actually. The... You know, the second driver is what it's going to come down here with this Constructors' Championship. And I don't really see, uh, you know, Sergio Perez being able to put in the performances that Valtteri does or, you know, matching up to that. So give me, uh, I'll, t- I'll take Mercedes by about 15 or more. Okay. Um, but yeah, so lock them in, baby. Bet the mortgage on it. And speaking of the team that really won the weekend and the man who won the weekend, Lewis freaking Hamilton. A lot of people were saying it. Uh, I I would agree as well. You got to think this this might have been his most impressive race weekend of his career. Every sign pointing to this being the weekend that Max takes over, wins the drivers championship, kind of moves on. It's the battle for constructors and and rideables. Kind of probably going to win that convincingly. Uh, he prevailed and prevailed. Easily, it seemed like. Uh, I mean, Lewis moving up 25 positions is absolutely ridiculous. I that's got to be a Crypto.com award record. I don't. I mean, it's only been you know halfway through the year or this year that they put it in, but yeah, I mean, fantastic weekend all around. He was just unstoppable. Uh, street line for speed from Mercedes with that new power unit was just unbeatable. Like it was just over. Like it was just a matter of time until Lewis was going to pass Max. Like obviously we ha- we're talking about this uh, this issue that Max was pushing Lewis off the track. Lewis, obviously, they were talking to him after the the race, being like, he was like, you know, I have to look back. I, I don't know. It's just racing. During the race, he had a little different uh, perspective. They're like, oh, yeah, they're not going to look into this. And, and Lewis is like, of course. Of course, they're not going to do this. Um, so I think he was just probably like, hey, I knew I was going to pass him eventually. Why worry about it? Uh, move on and, and get him again in, in a lap or two. Uh, Toto's quote at the end of the race was brilliant job Lewis fuck them all uh, it was that you <laughs> see the, the the video of of him kind of looking directly at the camera and like yelling at the camera kind of uh, during the race as well just I think he was just yeah he, like back backs against the wall he's gonna take slit throats any way he can ready to go out like give it all uh, they all did and uh, yeah clearly you know momentum's starting to swing back on on Lewis he's still got a ways to go to kind of like pick this up i feel like we've seen these back and forth back and forth these last couple weeks between the two so yeah i mean it's going to be very interesting i mean if mercedes has this type of pace compared to anyone else it's going to be hard not to see a little bit of worrisome in um in the red bull's eyes but only time will tell the last thing i want to say here is i would kill to be in the garage when merck found out that they were caught breaking the rules um is it is it the like is it anger is it confusion is it like the dog with his tails between the legs like shit they figured it out i mean with, <laughs> with how big of a gap they had like i'm sure they saw that and they're like uh fuck this is not good we we did too much we did too much and now we're get we're fucked uh but yeah it would have been very entertaining to see how everyone you know took in the news that they were uh, caught breaking the rules yeah, man. I I mean, the the smashing of the table would be heard throughout the land with uh with with Toto being like, "Hey, why why are we getting, you know, disqualified from qualifying in a race that we, you know, in, in a qualifying session that we got first, but yeah, man. It's tough. So it goes and obviously it worked out because Lewis Hamilton is who Lewis Hamilton is, but um yeah, good stuff. I think the only thing we have left to do is talk about our race predictions for the Brazilian Grand Prix. So why don't we do that? Yeah, let's do it. 
moving right along to finish out the podcast as race predictions recap to fill everyone up. We were tied 22-22. It's, it's kind of the battle of the century, most people are saying. Um, and uh, let's just let's get right into it. Who do you think will crash your DNF? I went with Esteban Ocon. I went with Nikita Mazepin. So clearly, um, NA for both of us. Winner, I went with Max, knowing that Lewis had that, uh, you know, the penalty, and uh, boy, was I wrong. Yeah, and I went with Checo, trying to just not pick Max, and good thing that neither of us got it there, so no points yet. Um, last place, I did pick Mick Schumacher, even though I had a Mazepin in the holster ready to go. Yeah, and I went with Nikita Mazepin. So chalk me up one for me, baby. Yeah, dude, what, that was a that was a impressive, impressive. Moving right along, we have uh, most overtakes. And knowing that tiny little penalty, I thought I was going to be like, oh, it's going to be tough with only a five-place grid penalty. Man, why did I look at what this uh, this disqualified from uh, from qualifying and with Lewis? He dominated, dominated with twenty-five. Yep, I picked Sebastian Vettel. I don't even think he made the top ten. So, congrats to Marco for getting a point there. We're both going into a point when we talk about the driver of the day. I thought uh, Checo would. I thought Checo would do something a little more than he did, um, other than ask Max to give him some DRS. But, uh, yeah, count me for no points there. Yeah, I went with Valtteri. Nothing, I mean, the standard. He did what he needed to do, but not enough to get you, you know, driver of the day. Moving along to our sponsored race prediction, douche of the day. This. Brought to you by Summer's Eve. Check out the Summer's Eve package, the winter package. There's um, there's winter green. There is uh, a bunch of yeah winter seasonal winter green from on. Summer's Eve. Yeah. I didn't. Win- that's is that a new one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is. Yeah. Oh. No, they uh, they are releasing it right on our podcast. So be on the lookout. It's going to come out twelve one. And <laughs> I went Christ. with Lance Stroll as my douche of the day. I went with Lewis Hamilton. I think you could argue a case for me because what kind of douchebag goes hmm. from last to first over a weekend? Um, but yeah, what a jerk. I mean, like uh, other people like to race, also Lewis, and I don't think, oh, look at me, I'm good guy, Lewis. I will look after the environment, but I don't look after Ian's points. But yeah, uh, we'll give we'll give no points there. Um, fastest re- pit stop minus Red Bull. Um, I went with Mercedes and didn't get any points. And I went with Ferrari and nailed it. You did, and I. I mean, I thought I. You know, I thought that was just you making up for your uh, for your picking Max as your winner. But here we egg on my face because you are correct. Yeah, yeah, good for me. And wrapping it up with our wildcard prediction, I went and I. I said it on the podcast. Did not think this was going to happen. I was correct. So maybe that is a because <laughs> oh, I kind of reversed it. But nice. McLaren retakes third. <laughs> uh, they did not. They actually. Extend Ferrari extended that gap uh, to kind of like an un, unbeatable lead for them. Yeah, and I my wildcard prediction was that a Haas was going to get into Q2. I also didn't think it was going to happen, so I will also take a point. All right. <laughs> um, so that actually does it. Looking at the landscape, I got two this weekend. Ian got one, coming out to a final score of 24 for Marco, 23 for Ian. So still, you know, right there, it's kind of like uh, Mercedes Red Bull just – you know, every single week is massive for us. So uh, looking forward to coming. Did we figure out, like, what what does a winner get? What does a loser have to do? Is there Have we figured that out? Uh, I believe it is a replica of a trophy that we'll figure out. 
Okay. I would also like to do like the winter get to do like a a champagne shower and like spray. <laughs> okay, I like that too. Yeah. All right. All right but cool. we loser doesn't know when it's coming, so you're just like at work. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. I love that. <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, well, yeah, that does it for episode 40 of the Eaton Asphalt podcast. Uh, obviously, with this triple header coming to a close this weekend, we will be back to you guys in a couple days to talk about Cutter and everything you need to know for this upcoming weekend. Um, yep, and so just like Marco said, the Cutter Grand Prix will be this weekend, so we will have a <laughs> preview for you um, for this coming race on Sunday. All right, uh, and so, yeah, this weekend is the Cutter Grand Prix, um, <laughs> as Ian said, and we'll just talk about everything that, you know, you need to know for this coming yep. weekend at the Cutter Grand yep. Prix. Apologies for this podcast, just as a whole, and we will see you guys next time. All right, see you assholes. See you assholes. <laughs>